So after last week, we had a lot of people reach back out and say, we're, we're, we're going to do that next week, right? We're going to do that next week, right? And, uh, and, um, and then, of course, if you were here last week and you heard Bishop at the close talk about the coming together, um, a few people used that script, used Bishop's words on me when they were saying, well, we are going to come back together again next week, right? I mean, I, and um, so here we are. Thank you. And I'm glad that you're here. Um, I'm thankful for technology that allows us the privilege to come together online. But it's nothing like coming together in person. And uh, we know that the Spirit of the Lord is not limited by space or distance. But there's something that happens when we begin to lift our voice in unison. We begin to praise God together. We draw strength from one another. And there's something about the unified voice of people going up that does something to God. He inhabits, the scripture says, the praises of Israel or his people. And I thank God for that today. Amen, amen. I, I must say that I am truly appreciative to the many. I know a lot of us just sort of show up. And uh, I'm thankful we can just show up. And I don't mean just show up like that's all you do. I, I believe you come with prayerful hearts and open hearts and minds and spirits. Uh, but you come and chairs are set out, tents are in place, uh, sound systems are set up. And I, I so much appreciate um, those that get here an hour, hour and a half before we even get started to make all of that happen. Aren't you thankful for them? Let's give them a hand. Amen. I uh, I really appreciate them, uh, Brother Martin, Brother Lewis, and Sister Julie, uh, and Brother Dion. Some of you haven't met him yet, but he's been here the last two weeks helping us get set up. And I appreciate these young men, my boys. Uh, sometimes they don't get much of a choice, but uh, I appreciate them just as well. And uh, their help, Sister Jasmine, uh, they come early and practice as well, so... They do these things so that we can come together and so that there can be a unity of the Spirit. And uh, I'm thankful for, I was talking to Dion earlier, I was telling him I'm thankful for the ministry of helps. And uh, praise God. Praise God. Would you, right where you're sitting there this morning, would you lift your hands and your voice with me one more time? And would you... In an expression of thanks to God and praise, open your heart and your spirit for whatever he wants to do today. Would you be willing to do that with me right now? Dear God, we trust in you and we magnify you. We recognize it is your sovereign presence that is being made manifest among us here right now. We recognize that you, the almighty God, are in our midst. This is not a small thing to us, but I am humbled by your presence. I stand here in awe of your majesty, O oh God. We are but common men, and you are a holy God. And I pray, living God, today speak into our lives. We humble ourselves before you. We open our spirit unto you to receive that which you would impart into our spirit. 
We come not as simple spectators, but we come today to hear. I pray the rhema of God would reach into the soul and the spirit of every individual here that would open their heart to receive, that you would impart according to your divine purpose. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. The Scripture says in one place that there were those that heard the Word of God. But though they heard the Word of God, it did not do anything in them. Think about that. The Word of God, which is so powerful... The scripture says that God has exalted his word above his name. Scripture says that the word of God is quick. That means it's alive. It's alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And that it pierces to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And that the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. But yet the scripture tells us that there was a time and a place where the word of God went forth and it did nothing for the people that heard it. How is it possible? How is it possible that this all-powerful, almighty word of God, the living word of God, could go forth and yet accomplish nothing in the one that heard it? I'll tell you why. The scripture tells us why. It says because it was not mixed with faith. It was not mixed with faith in the heart of the hearer. You and I play a vital part in whether the word of God does what he intends it to do in our life or not. We have to let the Word of God mix with faith in our heart. Let me tell you how the adversary works. The adversary will make you or I an analytical. He'll make us skeptics. To where someone will declare the Word of God from the Scripture and then will analyze and scrutinize well I don't know you know maybe for so and so but I don't know about that I'm not so sure and what is that that's doubt that's doubt and what's happening when when the enemy or the adversary can get me in that place where I'm questioning or doubting or over analyzing the word of God just going hey if the word says it I'm receiving it well how I don't know how but if the word says it I'm taking it if the word says it Be it unto me, Lord, if the word says it, I want it, God. That's letting it mix with faith. And when it mixes with faith, the word of God will accomplish what he sent it to do. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning challenging us. I'm asking you with me today. I'm asking you with me today. Would you purpose to receive the word of God 
and let it mix with faith in your heart today. I want you to think on that for just a moment. Would you purpose to receive the Word of God and let it mix with faith in your spirit today? If doubt comes in, we're like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe for my brother or my sister, but I don't know about for me. That's doubt. That's not the Spirit of God that's planting doubt. You understand where doubt comes from. He's faith. He imparts faith. The Lord imparts faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of the Lord. And so if doubt would enter in and go, man, that could probably happen for them, them, and them, and them, but I don't know about me, you need to say, nope, I'm dismissing doubt. I'm laying hold on the Word in faith. If it's the Word of God, then it's for me too. It's for me too. It's for me too. All right? So I want us to pray again before we dive into the Word more. And I want us to pray, God, I'm opening my spirit and I want it to mix with faith. I want your word to mix with faith in my heart and do exact. I'm telling you right now, the Holy Ghost is going to do some things here supernaturally in lives today. Supernaturally in some lives today. The Lord is going to bring some healing into some bodies and minds and spirits here this morning. The Lord is going to deliver some of you that are held captive today. Before you leave here, the Lord is going to deliver you. The Spirit of God is going to come. And if you need to be filled or refilled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Lord is going to do that here today. And so I'm asking you right now, would you pray and say, God, I'm opening my spirit. I'm receiving of you. I'm going to let it mix with faith, not even my faith. But God, impart faith right now into my spirit. Where doubt would come in, I bind doubt in the name of Jesus. I take authority over doubt and fear and every contrary voice. I loose the spirit, the unction, and the utterance of the Holy Ghost. I pray a clear sound from heaven. I pray a sure word of God sent to do what you intended to do, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray for every heart and every hearer here today under the sound of my voice and those that would view it at some other time through a recording let your spirit reach to them I pray and accomplish your intended desire let the word of God that is never failing the word of God that is forever sealed the word of God that is quick and powerful let it reach into the heart and the life today and do what you intend in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name I lose healing in this place I lose deliverance in this place I lose victory in this place in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus praise God praise God praise God amen I believe you feel a witness in your spirit this morning amen in Jesus name in Jesus' name, praise God. Let me just say this. You won't distract me at all. If the sun moves a little bit and so you need to move your chair, feel free. You're not going to bother me. All right? I don't want you sitting there baking and feeling like if you need to shift to the left or the right or back a little bit or something, feel free. We want you to be as comfortable as possible. And if you start feeling like whining, just look at me standing right here in the sun. Amen. I'm not whining. I'm glad you're here. I want you to go with me today to the book of Joel. The book of Joel, chapter 2. 
That's one of those that can be a little bit fun to find sometimes because it's only three chapters. If you got a Bible like mine, we're going to be on page 965. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I love the name of this prophet. I'm, I'm not trying to be funny. I guess it was sort of funny. Not just because he's my namesake, but because the name Joel means Jehovah is God. Jehovah is God. It's an absolute statement in a name. Not only does it mean Jehovah is God, the absoluteness of that statement means he's the only God. There is no other God. Jehovah is God. End of story. Praise God. Joel chapter 2, verse number 23. Be glad then. Anybody looking for a reason to be glad? Be glad then, you children of Zion. And rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain. The former rain and the latter rain. In the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat. And the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And I want to go back to verse number 25 again. These are the prophetic words of the prophet Joel from the Lord. This is the Lord speaking through this man that said, I will restore to you the years. Would you say that with me today? I will restore to you the years. I want to say that one more time. This is the Lord speaking. I will restore to you the years. I. Who's I? The Lord, the Lord will. What will he do? He will restore. Who will he restore to? Who? You. 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 I will restore to you. What will he restore? What? The years. I hope someone's listening with your spirit this morning. I will restore to you 
the years. Would you pray with me one more time for the next few minutes we have together today? Lord Jesus Christ, there is such a sovereign witness of your spirit here right now. I pray by your great grace, let every part of humanity be shut down and let the flow of your spirit without hindrance go forth. Let the clarity of your word, your voice, be so succinct. Let it not be tainted in any way by my humanity. Say exactly what you desire. Let the heart hear, the spirit hear and receive exactly what you are imparting. And I pray as your word is going forth, let it minister to the hearer. Let it minister seed to the sower. Let it minister, I pray, according to your design. The sure, living, quickening word of God imparting into the hearts of individuals according to that which you have foreordained and that which you have already spoken in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you and give you glory. God is a restorer. I want you to understand this about the very character and the nature of God. God is a restorer. You ever lost anything that was valuable to you? And searched and searched, unable to find it? I have, a, I have something here. This Bible that I'm carrying, some of you may look at it and think, I noticed Brother Hart got a new Bible. Well, sort of, but not sort of. Really, but not really. So, this Bible was given to me at Christmas almost 20 years ago. December of 2000, my aunt and uncle that helped to raise me gave me this Bible. And so, at the time, it was had a black cover on it. And uh, it was shortly after that Christmas, I traveled to Salt Lake City. I was asked to go there and, and, and preach a couple of services in a revival. And so, I did that. I took my newer Bible with me there in 20, at the beginning of 2001. I took my new Bible with me, and in all of the hustle and the bustle of meeting people that I hadn't seen for quite a while in the crowd, I guess it was probably towards the end of 20, or 2001, uh, because it was around general conference time, and in the hustle and bustle of meeting everybody and talking to everybody and all of those things, and then getting on our way to go get something to eat afterwards, I left my new Bible there at that church. 2001 and it was was special to me it's a Thompson chain Bible and it's at the front it's got all of the oneness apostolic doctrine in it so it was really special to me when it was given to me and so you can imagine when I I realized I'd left it there well I came back home to Washington and I reached back to some friends there and they said, oh, yeah, we got your Bible. We'll send it to you. I'm like, Phew, I hadn't even had it a year yet. And uh, so they got it, but they didn't send it. And they didn't send it. And I'd remind them every once in a while, but they didn't send it. And so I thought, I don't know that they really got it, or they got it, and they lost it. I wasn't sure what happened, but... 
My Bible wasn't showing up, and I really wanted it to be back. I wanted it back. It was special to me because of who gave it to me. You understand? Well, I'm thankful that maybe a year ago, give or take a couple, three months, they said, hey, you know what? We were moving, packing, unpacking or something. We got your Bible still. I'm like, I know. It's been 20 years. True story. Almost 20 years. Not quite, but close. And I get a package in the mail from my friends, John and Leanne. And it's my Bible. It looks almost new. Well, it was almost new. I hadn't really used it. I went and saw my aunt and uncle. I said, you may not believe this. This is the Bible you gave me. I haven't really used it because I haven't had it. Not because I'm not using my Bible. Matter of fact, I wore out a Bible in between. Gave it to my son for his 21st birthday. So I, I, and so it was black, but my family for Father's Day had it recovered for me, put a long-lasting cover on it, so this time I won't lose it. And if somebody sees a Bible, it's not black. You know, that's probably elder. See, it's very distinguishable. I can't explain to you how it felt to have that Bible restored to me. I had lost something that had value had meaning. And through my own negligence, through my own mistake, by my actions, rushing around, I forgot something that was valuable to me. I didn't put the proper value. I really, I'm just talking about a book, but stay with me. Through my own negligence, I lost that that was given to me for years. It was restored to me. And it was when it was restored to me, it was restored in as good condition as when I had left it. The book didn't realize years had passed. But I knew. But it was restored. There's something about restoration... We need to understand in the spiritual, God is a restorer. He's a restorer. I want to show you some things this morning. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 30, verse 17. I'm going to move quickly. The Lord said through the prophet Jeremiah, For I will restore health unto thee. Anybody need health restored? The Lord said, I will restore health unto you, and I will heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. We have a promise from the Word of God that He will restore health, and if I have wounds in my life, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, God will restore health and He'll heal wounds. I hope someone's listening today. This is what God does. This is the nature of God. This is the character of God. He is a restorer. In Hosea chapter 14, verse number 4, listen to what the Lord says through the prophet Hosea. I will heal their backsliding. Oh, I thought he would hold it against me. No, that's not what he said. He said, I'll heal their backsliding. And I will love them freely. 
Hold on a minute. I thought if you were a backslider, God's going to make it difficult to come back. He's going to make it painful, and you're going to have to earn his love to get back in God's good graces. That's not what the Word says. The Lord said, I will heal their backsliding, and I will love them freely. That means without cost. You can't earn the love of God. This is the heart of a restorer. This is the nature of God. He is a restorer. And notice what he said. For my anger is turned away from him. See, the adversary will come to you if you fail, falter, backslide, and he'll say, you know, it's going to take a while. God's not interested in drawing you back. You've got to prove that you deserve. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The Word of God tells me God is a restorer. And so he said, I'll heal your backsliding. I'll love you freely. And you think I'm still angry with you. But he said, my anger's turned away from you now. This is the heart of God. This is the nature of God. God is a restorer. This is what he does. You understand, that's Hosea chapter 14, verse 4. That's the last chapter and one of the last few verses of the book of Hosea. The 13 verses or 13 chapters prior, if you read Hosea, Hosea was a prophet that had to live out what God was dealing with with the children of God. Hosea was told by God to go marry a woman named Gomer. That should be your first sign. It's going to be a problem. Man, I thank God I married a Stephanie and not a Gomer. Could you imagine if you were... So It's good to see you, Sister Gomer Hart. How are you? Aren't you thankful I'm married to Stephanie? Praise God. Her name was Gomer. And so he, he married this woman. And she was a harlot. She was unfaithful. But he sought to rescue her from her place of harlotry. And bring her to Hosea. The Lord said, this is what I want to do with my people. I want to bring them from this place where they're a harlot. They've prostituting themselves to all the gods of the world around them. But I want, Hosea, I want to rescue my children, bring them to me. I want to love them and make them my own. And so, Hosea, I'm going to use your life as an example. So go marry that harlot, Gomer. Read it. It's in there. And so this is what he did. He went and obeyed the Lord and married her. And you know what Gomer did? She did what harlots do. After a little while, she appreciated all the stuff that Hosea gave her, a house to live, food to eat, provided for her. But she found herself. Her nature didn't change. Her circumstances changed, but her nature didn't change. And because her nature didn't change, she went right back to the pit that she came from. And the Lord told Hosea, Hosea, Go back and get her again and bring her back to yourself. And so Hosea went back down to the pit that Gomer had found herself in again. And in obedience to the Lord, brought that unfaithful woman, brought her back to his house and sought to love her. And the Lord said, this is what I'm doing with Israel. I bring them back and I love them. But they just, they take what I have to give and offer them, but they don't have a change of heart and they go back to the pit that I rescue them from. And this happened multiple times. And each time God told Hosea, go back and get her again. Go back and get her again. Go back and... Now, this is what the Lord said He does with His people. But this is what Hosea had to live out in real life. And he brought her back again to himself. And we got through all of that in those first 13 chapters. And then the Lord says what we read in chapter 14, verse 4. I will heal their backsliding. All those times they went out against me. All those times they continued to forsake me. All those times they prostituted themselves with the gods of this world. And this world, I'm going to heal their backsliding. And I'm going to love them freely. And I'm not going to be angry with them anymore. 
That's the voice and the character and the nature of a restorer. God is a restorer. The book of Micah, chapter number 7, verse number 18, we find the Lord speaking through the prophet Micah. He says this there in verse number 18, Who is a God like unto you that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retains not his anger forever. Why? Because he delights in mercy. Verse 19, He, speaking of God, He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. That's the nature of a restorer. That's the God that you and I serve. This is the God that is reaching to you and I this morning. And I just gave you a few examples from the prophetic word of God where He said, I'm going to heal backslidings. I'm going to cast their iniquity into the sea. I'm going to restore health. I'm going to heal the wounds of their life. I'll restore the years. This is the word of the Lord. He's a restorer. And if He's God that cannot change, and hear me, He cannot. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he was a restorer 2,000 years ago, if he was a restorer 5,000 years ago, you understand that Prophet Joel spoke those words some 750 to 850 years before Calvary. If he was a restorer then, and he's a God that cannot change, I'm telling you, He is a restorer today. He is a restorer today. He is a restorer today. This is the God that I know and serve and that dwells within me. He is a God of restoration. He can take that which is valuable that was lost by my own negligence, that was lost as a result of my own actions, that was a result of my sin, my mistake, my failure, and He can take that which was lost by me, and He in His infinite wisdom and great grace and love and power can take that which was lost and restore it to me and restore it to you. He wants to restore. You understand if you look at the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you see throughout the Gospels, we see, of course, we find the man with the withered hand. They, the, all the religious were looking at Jesus like, are you going to do this on the Sabbath day? Are you going to do this on the Sabbath day? Jesus didn't have time for all that. He said, stretch forth your hand. And the Scripture says, records in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in three of the four Gospels, the Scripture records, and Jesus restored the withered hand. Notice, it doesn't say He just healed it. He restored it. The very use of the word restored there speaks of making it just like new. That the evidence of the withered hand no longer existed. Not only did God restore it, it meant that when you and I would look and see that man's hand, there would be no indication that he had ever had a withered hand. There would be no indication that his hand had ever been crippled up or twisted up or withered in any way. When God restores, He restores fully, completely, wholly, and with purpose so it becomes a testimony to all that would see. 
God said, restored his hand. There was a woman that was walking with her son. Her son was dead. He died before his time, it would seem. And she was weeping and some mourners with her outside of a town called Nain, if I remember right. And they were walking there. The funeral procession was going on. And the Lord Jesus happened to pass by the funeral procession. And something moved in the Spirit of God that spoke to the man Christ Jesus. And he stopped the funeral procession. He went over to the casket, the buyer, the Scripture says. He went over and he called that young man to life. And that woman's dead son was restored alive to her in a moment of time in a moment of time that which was dead was made alive I'm telling you today the same God is a restorer and things that you may think are dead in your life that can no longer live I'm telling you under the power and the anointing of the spirit of God in a moment God can speak into your life and he can take that which is dead and make it alive this is who he is he is a restorer he's a restorer Come on, pray with me. Some of you need the word to mix with faith in your heart this morning. Some of you, you want to believe, but you got a lot of history, and history's trying to bring doubt into your spirit. I'm telling you today, according to the word of God, he's a restorer. That which seems irreparable, God is a restorer. God is a restorer. He In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, you just got to read the Gospels. Just read the ministry of Jesus Christ. His whole ministry was restoration. His whole ministry was restoration. We see it manifest in miracles. He touched the man who was deaf and could not hear and he restored his hearing. This is what he does. He restores. I, I was sitting around the table having dinner with my family last night. I'm thankful for that. And we got to talking. We were talking about the things of God, things God had been talking to us about through the course of that day. And uh, that's not always the way our dinner table is, but that's the way it was last night. I don't want to paint some picture like we're like this most holy family sitting around the fam- table talking about the Word of God. Uh, we do that sometimes, but not all the time. But that, that happened last night. We were sitting there and, and uh, we, we were talking about the things of God and things the Lord had been talking to us about. And we, ha- we had a great time of prayer with some men here at the church yesterday morning. The Holy Ghost ministered in a powerful way and flowed. And I went home and I started doing some paint project that I thought was going to be a couple hours. It ended up being five or six hours. And I realized in hindsight the Lord was just keeping me captive in a place. He was keeping me in that basement painting so I couldn't go anywhere else and get busy with anything else. And the whole time I was painting for five or six hours, God was talking to me. I was talking to him. He's talking with me. If I'd have got done in two hours, I might have went off and got busy. He was just keeping me right there. So we were sitting at the dinner table talking about those events of the day. And I was expressing what I just shared with you with my family. And I... In a moment, I was reminded by the Lord of the season. Some of you have heard me talk about where I had spent three, almost four years with just my mind being constantly bombarded. No peace in my mind. Just 
I'd try to pray and I'd have to press through and fight through stuff. And for three and a half years or four years, just my mind under constant attack and this battle, trying to teach and preach and minister and just live and get through life. And my mind being bombarded, questioning whether I could even hear the voice of God or not many days and just fighting through and realizing, God, whatever, I got to pray. And then I was sitting there at the table last night expressing to my children, my wife, how the Lord had been talking to me through the day, painting. And the Lord reminded me, he said, I fully restored hearing today. I fully restored hearing today. There's some of you, you have partial hearing. Partial hearing in the kingdom of God. You're not deaf, but you have partial hearing. Or, God forbid, some of us may have selective hearing. I get accused of having selective hearing. There may be some truth to that. I saw several wives reach over and nudge their husbands just then. I'm not sure what that was about. Take notes, Brother Martin. Selective hearing. See, selective hearing means I hear what I want to hear and I ignore what I don't want to hear. That may work sometimes with a spouse. But hear me, if you bring selective hearing into your relationship with God, you're telling Him, God... I'm interested in what you say that I want to do, but I'm not interested in what you say that I don't. So in reality, what I'm telling you, God, is I'll do your will when it aligns with my will. But if your will doesn't align with my will, I'm just going to ignore your direction. Selective hearing. Or partial hearing. Man, I feel this so strongly in the Holy Ghost right now. There's someone here. You've been praying, God, I just want to hear your voice the way I've heard it before. I just want to hear you talking to me the way you talked to me before. Come on, would you pray right now? Come on, the Lord's doing this. Sister Brittany, God's doing it right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, receive it in faith. Receive it in faith. In the name of Jesus. You're a restorer. You're a restorer, Lord. You're a restorer, Lord. I pray that the ears of the people of God be open. Let the ears of the people of God be open. Attune to the voice of God like never before. A clarity in this hour like never before. In the name of Jesus. Come on, keep reaching to Him. The Holy Ghost is doing some things right now. There is an imparting of spiritual hearing that's taking place. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, you can hear the voice of God. You can hear the voice of God. You can hear the voice of God. You can know the voice of God. Ah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, you can discern His voice. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So he's a restorer. He restored hearing to the deaf. Blinded eyes he opened. Restored sight to Bartimaeus. You understand what we saw the Lord Jesus Christ do. Restoring miracles. We see them in the natural. But they become evidence to us of what he does and desires to do in his nature in the spiritual. He opened deaf ears. People can't hear the voice of God. So he'll open the deaf ears spiritually. He'll restore hearing. People can't see the kingdom of God. And so he'll remove the blindness from the eyes so you and I can see the kingdom of God. Now understand, you must be born again of the water and spirit. John 3 tells us, except a man is born again of the water and spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Alright? You want to see the kingdom? We're designed to see the kingdom of God. This is spiritual eyesight, not natural eyesight. Yes, I know John 3 also says, except a man be born again of the water spirit, he can't enter into the kingdom of God. But Jesus told Nicodemus, except you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And if you look at that context in Scripture, he was speaking of spiritual vision to be able to see the kingdom. The Lord wants to restore sight so that you can see the kingdom of God. And again and again and again throughout scriptures in the gospel, we see Jesus restoring, restoring. We have a man that was lame. God restored his ability to walk. We see restoration, restoration, restoration. It's his nature and it's his desire to restore. Now I want us to read again where we started, Joel chapter 3. That was all foundation. Now we're going to bring it home. Do you believe he's a restorer? Do you believe he can restore in your life? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We must understand the full context of the book of Joel. It's only three chapters. Only three chapters. And we just read a segment of it at the outset today. But it's important that we understand everything that Joel said so that we can have a better understanding about the portion that we read at the beginning. If you read Joel chapter 1, don't worry, we're not going to read all three chapters this morning. You can read them this evening when you get home. Probably be good, there's only three chapters. If you read Joel chapter 1, you find that in chapter 1, the Lord says, I'm sending this army with the canker worm. I'm sending the palmer worm. I'm sending the locusts, and they're going to devour your harvest. They're going to devour your fields. They're going to destroy this. They're going to, I'm sending them, and they're, they're, they're coming to do this. This is going to happen. So the Lord spoke and told them this was going to happen. And if you look at Joel chapter 1 and into the beginning of chapter 2, you understand that the reason the Lord allowed this to happen, the Lord allowed this to happen in their lives, the reason He allowed it to happen was because the children of God had strayed from the ways and the Word of God. 
They had went after other gods. They had went according to their own will, their own desire. They walked according to their heart rather than the heart of God. They walked after their own mind rather than the mind of God. They did these things, and you see this in the context of Joel 1, 2, and 3. You realize this. And so the Lord allowed these great armies of locusts and palmer worm cattle to come in. The Lord allowed it because of their choices. They made choices that God had to allow things to come in that He never intended to come in. And these things, if you notice, these things that came in, locust, palmer worm, canker worm, caterpillar, these are things that devour harvest. You with me? These are things that devour harvest. An intended harvest that God had. But because the people of God were distracted by the world about them and were caught up more in their world and their life than the kingdom of God and the things of God, God had to allow things to come in that would destroy a harvest that He had planned for the people of God. But if you look at the second chapter, the preceding verses, there's something that took place Joel chapter 2, verse number 12 through 17. We're not going to read all of them, but I'll read verses 12 and 13 maybe. Notice what happens. The Lord is speaking to them about their condition. They've turned to God because of realizing they need to get back to God, back in right relationship with God, back in a place where harvest is flowing into their lives. They're realizing what they're enduring because of their sin, their negligence, their dismissal of the direction of God. And the Lord is dealing with them. And the Lord tells them, verse 13 and 14 of Joel chapter 2, And rend your heart and not your garments. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm tired of an outward show where you're trying to look like you're repentant. Oh yeah, you'll put on sackcloth and ashes, you'll rend your garments so people see this outward show that you're trying to look like you're repentant. Quit rending your garment. Start rending your heart. Move beyond the natural expression so that people will see and you can get by with people thinking, oh okay, yeah, they're repentant. Get before God and rend your heart. Let something get into your spirit. Let it pull apart the fleshly places of the heart that have covered where the Lord calls a place of circumcising of the heart. Let something come in. Let the Word of God and the Spirit of God come. And let it begin to rend the heart. Man may not see, but God will see. God will know. He said, rend your heart and not your garments. And turn to the Lord your God. Why? For He is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and of great kindness and repent Him of the evil. Who knows, verse 14, who knows if He will return? It's talking of the Lord. Who knows if He will return and repent and leave a blessing behind Him? The verses that we read at the outset, the promises of the Lord. Be glad. Rejoice. I'm going to restore years. They were preceded by people with a penitent heart. A repentant heart. A repentant spirit. They humbled themselves before God. They humbled themselves before God. And where God began to deal with their life 
where they turned away from him and where he was wanting to restore things in their life. When they turned back to him in repentance, you can read all of the second chapter. They humbled themselves. They began fasting. They began weeping. They began crying out to God. And when they did so, God began to turn. And the nature and the character of God that is that of a restorer said, I can't be angry with them any longer. I can't be angry with them anymore. Just like he told Hosea, I've turned my anger away from them. So it is when you and I come with a repentant spirit that says, Lord, maybe there's some areas where I've resisted you. I've had selective hearing. I've not looked with spiritual eyes. I've acted according to my flesh. I've given in to the desires of my flesh. I've resisted the way you've been leading me. But when I turn to God and I rend my heart and say, Lord, I desire you in the innermost place of my being. I desire your will and your work in my life in every facet in every way. I want to give myself wholly to what you desire of me. And I don't care if that separation's been one week, one month, or 25 years or somewhere in between. When you and I come to God with a repentant heart, broken and open before Him, honest and transparent before God, and say, here I am. Would you do what your Word says? I'm telling you, according to the Word of God, He will restore. He will restore. Quit putting your human attributes on God. Quit thinking, well, He's going to take a long time to forgive me. Not the God I know. He's going to take a long time to restore. Not the God I know. He's going to judge me forever and ever, and then maybe I can earn my way back into His graces. Not the God I know. If you and I are truly repentant and truly honest before God, He will heal and Restore. This is what God does. Now watch. I'm hurrying to finish. Verse 25. We read this before. I want to read it again. Joel 2 verse 25. The Lord said, I will restore to you the years. Everybody say the years. The years the locusts eaten, cankerworm, caterpillar, palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty, be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that had dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you'll know that I'm in the midst of Israel, and that I'm the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. Now watch verse 28. This is after he restores the years. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants, on the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Skip down to verse 32. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Did you hear that? Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion, that's the church, and in Jerusalem, that's Israel, shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. In the remnant whom the Lord shall call. When the Lord said, I will restore to you the years. 
I've often wondered, Brother Johnstone, where that scripture re- reads earlier there in the second chapter where we read, He'll give us the former rain and the latter rain together in the first month. I've wondered, how was that going to work? I think I have a part of an idea now. How are you? You understand, the Lord is talking about a harvest. Harvest was stolen, harvest was lost. When the Lord said, I'm going to restore years, He's talking about the restoration of a harvest. And He doesn't just say, I'm going to restore last month's harvest. He doesn't say, I'm going to restore last year's harvest. He says, I'm going to restore the years. Anything that God intended for your life that you missed out on because of negligence, sin, separation from God, when He restores you, He'll restore the years. I didn't say it. The Word of God said it. And so what's happening? How is there this great harvest of the former and the latter rain together in the first month? Here's how. Because when God restores the years, He doesn't restore the harvest of just this year. He restores all the harvest of all those years. And so you get the former rain and the latter rain all together just in the first month. That's the restoration God has in store. I hope someone's hearing today. I hope so. There are those of you here today, and there are those that will listen later on or watch later on. You had gone away from God in your walk with God. God had plans for your life. God had His hand on your life. God had anointing on your life. God had calling on your life. And you resisted and ran or, or whatever reason came your way. But God in His mercy kept reaching to you. And you, with a humble heart and a repentant spirit, came back to God and said, God, restore me. Here I am. Here I am. I want to get it right this time. I want to line up with you. I want you to use me this time. Here I am, God. I'm not running again. I'm telling you today, by the power of the Word of God and the Spirit of God, when you come back to Him that way, He's not going to just restore you to the place in the body that He intends for you. But there's years of harvest that were intended in your ministry. That when you come back and God restores, He's going to restore years that were lost. There's souls represented by those of you sitting here today. You went away from God. I see it in Brother Martin. 21 years he ran from God or something like that. God was drawing him, but something came along that caused him away. But I've watched God in this man's life begin to restore, restore. And we're only seeing the beginning. We're only seeing the beginning. He's going to restore a home. He's going to restore a family. He's going to restore souls because God said, I will restore the years. The years. Hear me today. He can restore marriages. He can restore lost loved ones. He can restore broken family and parental relationships. God is a restorer. He can restore that which seems like it's beyond finding again. God is a restorer. And when you yield to Him, come on, just talk to the Lord right now. When you yield to Him and allow His Spirit to do what He's wanting to do, come on, there is a restoring of health. There is a restoring, a healing of wounds. There is a restoring of ministry
There is a restoring of years that's done by the Lord God Almighty. And when he baptizes you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is the beginning of restoration. It is the beginning of renewal. And I'm telling you by the power of God today, stop living in regret of the past. Stop living with your eyes on where you missed the mark. And if you need to, get on your face right now and repent before God. If you need to, find a place right now and begin to repent in brokenness and humility before God. And if you've already done that, then be willing to stretch your hands to Him right now and say, God, I receive. I receive. Would you stand with me today and would you just begin to receive if you have repented and turned to... Come on. This is between you and Him right now. This is a work of His Spirit. We can't produce it, but there is a witness of the Holy Ghost here. He in the name of Jesus. Come on, let him restore. Let him restore what you're identifying with right now. That witness in your spirit is the spirit of God. Come on, some of you, you've been wounded in some deep ways. But I'm telling you, the spirit of God is a restorer. Let him reach into the place of the wound. And let the balm of Gilead begin to cover that wound. Let it begin to minister to that hurt. Let the Lord restore the years that were robbed from you. Let the Lord restore the years that you thought I can never get them back. Oh, maybe you can't, but I know a God that knows no time. He's not limited by time. He's the great I am. He was there when you went astray, and all of us like sheep have gone astray, but I feel the Spirit of God today restoring. I feel the Spirit of God today reaching. I feel the Spirit of God pouring into lives today. Come on, let Him flow. Let Him minister to you. Let the Spirit of God reach into your heart. Let the Spirit of God reach into your life. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I'll receive it. I'll receive all that you intend for me. I'll receive the restoration of your Spirit. Come on, I'll receive the restoration of your Spirit, Lord. I'll receive the restoring of my marriage today. I'll receive it in faith. I'll receive it in faith. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'll receive it in faith. I pray restore. Come on, let him restore. Let the Spirit of God flow and restore. Let the Spirit of... Come on, this is a work of His Spirit. This isn't anything we can do. Anything we can do. It's a work of the Spirit of God today. It's a work of the Spirit of God today. A work of man, lest we would boast. But I pray a work of the Spirit of God in purity. In purity, Father, the love of God and the peace of God. I take authority over every voice that would be contrary. I pray a clear sound in Jesus' name. Come on, he's a restorer. He's a restorer. We cast off doubt in Jesus' name. We cast off fear in Jesus' name. We cast it off and we pray the restoration of years by the Word of God. I pray the restoration. Restoration in the name of Jesus. Restoration in the name of Jesus. Restore, restore. Hallelujah.
Come on, healing. There's healing balm here today. There's healing balm here today. There's healing balm here today. He kataye lobosi taye lebeki ararabahaye. He teleki arabashet Sister Priscilla. Hallelujah. Need you ministering with people. In the name of Jesus. Come on, some of you, you got wounds that go deep and you just wondered, is there any way anything can ever change? I'm telling you right now, He is a restorer. And if you'll receive the Word and let it mix with faith, you can say, God, I don't know how, but I believe Your Word. I may not be able to see how, but I trust Your Word. I receive Your Word in faith. I receive Your Word today. In the name of Jesus Come on, there's men under the sound of my voice this morning that God has called you to ministry and you've resisted, you've gone your own way. But I'm telling you, God is making a way back for you. God is making a way back for you. It's not too late to walk in the ministry and the calling of God that's on your life. He is a restorer. Let Him restore your life fully and completely in the power of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Come on, there's a great harvest of souls represented by the years God's going to restore to your life. There's a great harvest of souls represented by the years God's going to restore in your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, that restorative process has already begun. You feared commitment for years because of yesterday. And I'm telling you, in the Holy Ghost, God has already begun restoring what you're entering into. Promises of God. The things you hoped for and desired as a child of God, as a lady of God. He is restoring. He is restoring. And He's going to restore years that you felt like you've lost. Years that you felt like you could never get back. I'm telling you, according to the Word of God, restoration today. Restoration in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, there's not a one, one of you under the sound of my voice. There's not a one of you that's made too many mistakes that God can't heal and restore. As you and I repent before God, humble ourselves before God, and yield ourselves to His plan and purpose, restoration begins to flow. Ministry begins to flow. And you'll see and witness it in your own life as you yield to the purpose and the plan of God. He'll start restoring your family. He'll start restoring lost loved ones. Those that were sick, He'll heal in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, keep praying. Right now, if you need a touch in your body, if you need healing in your body, I take authority by the Word of God and by the stripes of the Lord Jesus Christ. I speak to every sickness, disease, affliction, and infirmity. And by the name and the authority of the name of Jesus and by the authority of the Word of God, I command sickness and disease and affliction and infirmity to go even now. In Jesus' name.
I speak life according to the word of God. I speak health. I pray the restoration of health according to the word of God. In Jesus' name. Come on, receive the word in faith. Receive it in faith today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we're in no hurry here today. You keep reaching, letting God do all that He wants to do in your heart and life this morning. Come on, we're going to pray right now for the mind. Some of you, you need restoring of your mind. Your mind has been so bombarded that it's, the enemy's deceived you into thinking there's no way back. Right now, in the name of Jesus, if you're not praying for someone or with someone, would you pray with me right now and let's agree together for restoration of the mind, for those whose minds have been so bombarded that the adversary would work with deception. Would you pray with me right now for restoration of the mind? In the name of Jesus, I pray a renewing of the mind that we can prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. I pray the renewing of proper thought, the renewing of clarity of thought that comes from the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Restore according to your will. Restore according to your word. Restore, I pray in Jesus' name. Come on, keep talking with him. Glory, fill this place. Just wanna be with you. Just wanna be with you. King of glory, fill this place. Just wanna be with you. Come on, talk to the Lord. Receive all He has for you. Keep receiving all He intends for you. King of glory. Fill this place, King of glory, fill this place, King of healing, fill this place, King of my peace, fill this place, King of power, King of glory, King of glory.
place I just want to be with you I just want to be with you King of glory fill this place I just want to be with you just want to be with you. Why would you make that your prayer right now? King of glory, fill this place. I just want to be with you. Come on, let him flood your spirit. I just want to be with you. King of glory. King of glory, fill this place I just want to be with you I just want to be with you King of glory Just an expression of your heart today between you and him alone right now Just want to restore worship him I just want to be with you of glory fill this place just want to be with you I just want to be with you King of healing fill this place just want to be with you just want to be with you. Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God. Every man will bow down and say you are King. So let's start right now. Why would we wait? King of glory, fill this place. I just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. Jesus, we worship you today, Father. We magnify you, Lord. You are the restorer of paths to dwell in. You are the repairer of the breach. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We cry with the psalmist David, You restore my soul. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for being a restorer. I worship you, Father. I magnify you today. I thank you for restoring health. I thank you for restoring ministry. I thank you for restoring life. I thank you for restoring sight and hearing, restoring the mind and restoring ministry. I thank you, Father. I thank you for restoring marriages. I thank you for restoring relationships. You are the restorer. In Jesus' name.
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. In the name of Jesus. I believe that you will and you should. You should witness. You should witness in the days ahead the effects of God's restoration in your life today. You say, well, I I felt something, but I don't know. Don't give room to doubt. Don't give room to doubt. He's a restorer. Don't speak words of doubt. He's a restorer. Well, I thought that. No, 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 no. The word, I'm holding on to the word of God. The word said, he's a restorer. He's a restorer. He's a restorer. And there's some things you're wanting to see restored. You need to speak them and declare them in faith. Hear me, somebody, you need to speak and declare them in faith. I think we ought to do that right now. If there's something that's quickened to your spirit that you're saying, I want to see this restored, would you declare it to the Lord right now? Lord, you're a restorer. Your word is true, so today I'm declaring you're not asking, you're declaring. I'm declaring the restoration of declaring the restoration of my health. I'm declaring the restoration of my marriage. I'm declaring the restoration of my family. I'm declare come on, declare it in the name of Jesus. Declare it in the name of Jesus. I feel the healing balm of the Lord flowing here right now. Jesus, you are a healer. You are a healer. Come on, let the healing ball. Come on, keep declaring in Jesus.
salvation of my father. I declare the salvation of my lost father-in-law and mother-in-law. I declare the salvation of lost loved ones today. I declare the returning of my father to an altar of repentance. I declare these things according to the word of God. He is a restorer. I declare the turning of the heart and heart today. I declare the turning of the heart and vessel to a place of brokenness where the Spirit of God can reach in and heal. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Could we together right now begin to thank Him and praise Him? Come on, it's critical. It's critical. Would you begin to worship Him with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we will participate with you in restoration. We worship you and we magnify and glorify and exalt you. To you be all glory and honor and praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me say this before you go. As children of God who are filled with the Spirit of God, we should be participants in the restoration process. You hear me? I can't ask God to restore me, but then I choose not to participate in the process of restoration. If, if my wife and I have a broken relationship and I say, God, restore our relationship, but then I choose not to participate, that's not on God. What that tells me is I haven't really repented anyway. You understand, I'm not trying to be unkind. The Lord's wanting to help us. I have to participate in the restoration process. i got to participate. There was the elder brother with the prodigal. When the prodigal came home, the elder brother stayed outside and was angry. The elder brother didn't want to participate in the restoration process. He was angry. He's like, I've been here. I've been faithful. They're the ones that went out. The father wanted to restore him. The father did restore him, but the elder brother had an attitude, didn't want to participate in the restoration process. As children of God, filled with the Spirit of God, I'm telling you, God is going to bring souls more than we can count. We better be ready to participate in the restoration process. We're not in the judgment process. We're not in the criticize and find fault process. We are in the healing and restoration process. This is who we are as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you today for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. I thank you for the witness of your spirit and the work that you have done here. For it is you that has done it. We worship and thank you and praise you today. 
We will rejoice in your goodness. We will rejoice in that which you have restored. And by your great grace, we will reap the restoration of harvest that you've promised. In the name of Jesus Christ, we praise you and thank you, Lord. I pray your blessing on this people. I pray the sealing of the word of God in their hearts that no tactic of the adversary can take it away. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen and amen. May God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of God today. We'll see you when we see you. Amen. You're dismissed. If you'd like to fold your chair, that would be wonderful. If you've got a chair that's sort of tan and brown, you can sit right on the front porch leaning up against the door on the right if you got a blue chair it can lean right up against the building over here God bless you